I'm very excited tonight to uh, to be joined by Stanley Heller, who has been on the show a number of times and and is with the groups Promoting Enduring Peace and Middle East Crisis Committee. Stanley has been deeply involved in local international solidarity work right here in Connecticut for a number of years, and I'm happy to have him back on the show. Stan, welcome back to Mic Check. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you for, for joining me tonight. And I know that we have a lot to discuss, and so I figure we should just get right into it. Um, a lot of the work you've been engaged in, like I was saying before, for several decades now, um, has been international solidarity work. And to get more specific, uh, especially the you know standing in solidarity with the struggle of the Palestinian people. Um, and, mm-hmm. and their fight for freedom in the face of Israeli apartheid. And so, Stan, on that, on that topic, um, I know that Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont has recently taken a trip to Israel, which didn't get that much publicity. And so I was wondering, Stan, if you could talk a little bit about Governor Lamont's trip to Israel. Sure. Well, Governor Ned Lamont went for a week to Israel. He led a delegation with uh, Yukon President uh, Radenka Maric, somebody from Raytheon, from uh, Hartford Healthcare, and the Digital Currency Group that is new to Connecticut. And uh, they went over there to promote business, I assume, both ways. And uh, it was pretty upsetting that they would go to an apartheid state uh, just, uh, I suppose, uh, a month or weeks after Amnesty International came out with their devastating report uh, calling Israel an apartheid system. Uh, other uh, places, uh, institutions like Human Rights Watch and the Israeli Human Rights Group, but had said the th- same thing, but they had four or five page reports. This is like 250 pages where they go through item by item uh, what this means, this systematic discrimination uh, powered by uh, brutality. And uh, that didn't mean anything to Lamont. He's he's going to make business. So uh, that was pretty upsetting. And so what would you say, again, are the, the, or or were the motivations that, that Governor Lamont had for 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 going on this trip, and and what what types of things had he had he said, if anything, about the trip? Well, it was business, making money for businessmen, women, um, and uh, he went on the dime of a venture capital company called Connecticut Innovations to attract sales for of uh, things made in Connecticut, or to figure out more things to buy from Israel. Uh, ignoring totally the BDS campaign, boycotts, divestments, and sanctions. And, you know, we've talked about that for a while. Most Americans don't don't think about it. But now we're involved with enormous amounts of sanctions, not about Israel, but about Ukraine. So, uh, you know, people should understand the uh, moral reasons people call for uh, actions against Israel. There aren't any sanctions against Israel. The reverse, we give Israel billions. But um, 
people should understand what's going on. So uh, he went over there um, and met with a digital currency firm and something called the Future of Meat Technologies and FinTech. I had to look that up. That's also into cryptocurrency. You know, I wonder how he rationalizes this because crypto, uh, we know now, it uses enormous amounts of electricity for computers to solve all these puzzles that back up uh, the blockchain system. And uh, to produce the electricity, you're burning stuff and you are producing greenhouse gases. And he went says we're years away from dooming the planet because of greenhouse gases. And this totally unnecessary crypto stuff, you know, it's all over the place. I think uh, the UN has said that it's it's the the amount of money, uh, rather the amount of gases produced by uh, crypto is equal to uh, what's done by the whole country of Argentina. But that doesn't seem to bother um, the governor because he welcomed digital digital crypto. I'm sorry. He welcomed the digital currency group to Stanford last year. And so I'm sure he figures out some excuse in his own mind uh, for this uh, company coming there. But, uh, you know, those were the companies. And then he, he also on his agenda was to meet with the Defense Ministry of Israel. And uh, I'm sure they were talking about new things to buy from Connecticut and maybe things uh, that Israel could sell to Connecticut, maybe in terms of surveillance, who knows? And briefly, could you could you name off a few Connecticut businesses that have for years been been profiting off of Israeli apartheid? Well, I would think uh, number one would be Pratt and Whit. Pratt and Whitney makes the jet engines that uh, power a lot of these planes that Israel uses when it bombs Gaza. Uh, Raytheon, it's its um, home base is in Massachusetts, but it has five uh, buildings or complexes in Connecticut, East Hartford, other places. So uh, they're making making dough. And um, of course, there's Sturm Ruger down in uh, Fairfield. Yep, just uh, down the street from where I'm sitting right now, and. Mm. And so there, there has been outcry here in Connecticut about Governor Lamont's trip to Israel. Uh, on February 24th, there was actually a protest in Hartford. And I know you were there and you were mm-hmm. part of the, the group of folks that, that organized the protest. Uh, I know it was a coalition of different groups. Can you talk a bit about the protest, how it came about and, and what took place there? Well, actually, there was an earlier one. That was a Thursday. On Monday of that week, there was a protest at UConn at stores because their president was over there uh, uh, lining up uh, business. And uh, they have various institutions at UConn with some of these companies like Raytheon. And uh, a lot of the people, some were angry that they were involved with Israel, some just the larger business of the military-industrial complex and and uh, constant uh, money-making off of war, and that bothered people. There was about 100 students there. The, the one in Hartford was smaller, I suppose about 25 people. 
started at the uh, old state house. People held up signs and some banners and, um, and then walked down to the Yukon campus in Hartford, just a couple blocks away, and, uh, and continued the protest there, met up with some uh, Yukon students. Not reported at all in the press. Um, there were a number of articles praising Lamont or, you know, talking about what he had done from state with this business trip. Uh, there was one article in the Connecticut Mirror, uh, which was uh, written by uh, John Fussell from the Tree of Life Education Fund, uh, criticizing the, the governor's trip. And that came, you know, a couple of weeks later, but attempts to publicize uh, displeasure with what the governor did did not make it into the Hartford Current. There's a couple of letters in the Hartford Current praising the governor. I read, I wrote a letter was not uh, published. John Fussell was his letter was not published either. So that's been uh, what's going on. Yeah, and I know that the you know last last year when there were the big Palestine rallies uh, all across the state, I don't believe they got very much press uh here in connecticut i i don't i don't think that the local papers really covered those Almost rallies nothing. too much uh, even there was hard for a thousand people in harvard a thousand people in new haven demonstrations at stanford and other places and mostly totally ignored yeah so that seems to be a definitely a pattern and so on the same topic of of not of lamont but of Israel, Palestine, uh, coming up first week of April on April 4th at Fairfield University's Quick Center for the Arts. There mm-hmm. is actually going to be an event, um, a talk by a, f- a former Israeli government official. And the event is titled Israel, Present Challenges and Visions for the Future. So Stan, I was, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, who, who this person is that's going to be speaking and and to your knowledge, what the event seems to be about and and why it's cause for concern. Well, her name is Tippi Livni, and she held many government positions in, in the first decade of this century. Uh, she was part of the Israeli government uh, headed by Ariel Sharon who was legendary for his brutality, uh, the numbers of Palestinians he killed, and for going to the Al-Aqsa compound in uh, 2000 and provoking the resistance, which later became known as the uh, Second Intifada. And, uh, and that went on for years with many, many people killed. And she had no qualms about being in that government. She had, I think she was immigration, absorption minister, something like that. She had various positions. And then uh, Sharon died. She went on to the the, uh, administration of a man named Olmert, and she was his foreign minister uh, in 2008 and 2009 uh, when there was warfare that the Israelis cutely named Operation Cast Lead. And this went on during that uh, I don't know, for almost a month that winter. And it was hideous. 1,400 people got killed. She had a trip to Britain in 2009. Uh, a British uh, judge issued an arrest warrant for her. 
there is a thing in British law called universal jurisdiction. So if there's a war crime anywhere in the world, a judge can issue a warrant. It doesn't have to involve any British citizens at all. Um, so they issued the, the warrant and in, uh, because of these connections that she had to the, to the crime, she was a top minister in, in that Omar government. Uh, she decided not to travel to Britain, <laughs> and uh, that was that. Uh, and she remains uh, a politician. Um, I forget which group she's in now. Uh, but, but, I mean, let me tell you that that thing in 2009 was just awful. In particular, I recall um, the use of white phosphorus. And this is something that uh, armies use to light up the sky. You know, they shoot it up to the sky, the shells go off, and then they can see what's happening down below. But there they shot it right into the Gaza uh, area. I remember Beit Lahia was uh, sheltering about 1,600 people, and they airburst uh, several white phosphorus shells. Uh, and there was a woman, uh, I don't know if she was injured there or another place, her name was Gada Abu Halima. I'll never forget the, her case because uh, several in her family died from white phosphorus. She described what happened to them and to her, and she died of it six weeks later. I can't imagine the suffering she must have had. Uh, horrible. And uh, this is the kind of person that uh, has come into Fairfield on April 4th to give her wisdom. Wow. Well, thank you for for speaking about that and for what you shared, Stan. And, you know, not too far from Fairfield University, uh, I know, is the headquarters for Sturm Ruger, the gun manufacturer. And, you know, we've done several shows about Sturm Ruger where you've talked at length about about this, but I was wondering if you could briefly remind our listeners of, you know, the Sturm Ruger connection to Israel as well. Just briefly, they produce all kinds of rifle and ammunition, and um, uh, they sell it to Israel. Israel uses it to break up crowds. I mean, they shoot bullets, live 22 ammunition into crowds to break up demonstration. And they've, uh, we've documented uh, several hundred people killed or injured by these bullets. We suspect the real numbers in the thousands because they were used in the Gaza Strip. That's another Fairfield, uh, city of Fairfield company, headquarters, corporate headquarters for this huge company right in Fairfield. Yeah, exactly. They're in, uh, in Southport, which is, you know, in some ways part of Fairfield. So it's, yeah, that's very, very alarming and very worrisome. Um, and so, you know, of course you, you are someone, Stan, who, you know, your work definitely has inspired me for a long time. And, and I appreciate that you, you are engaged around a number of different issues and, and you, you know, I think maybe it's a good, maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's accurate to say that, you know, when you see suffering, you, you take notice and you care and you speak out. And so, um, you know, specific to, to Ukraine, um, which is, of course, something, you know, Ukraine is on, I think, everyone's minds right now, as it, sure. should, as it should be, as you, 
Ukrainians should be on our minds. I know that you and Promoting Enduring Peace have co-organized some recent rallies in solidarity with the Ukrainian people who are bravely facing down the ongoing Russian invasion and the brutal mm-hmm. and the brutal violence that they're enduring. Uh, and I know that tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time, there will be a Zoom event that you will be narrating. Uh, it'll be a, a, a slideshow that you're going to be narrating called Challenging the Views of Much of the Peace Movement Over Ukraine. Stan, I was wondering if you could talk a bit about this event that's happening tonight at 8 p.m. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, go over what it's all about. Well, it's not so. It, it's going to be a lot about Ukraine, but the, 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 the emphasis is by a, criticizing a lot of people I've worked with in the past. Um, some I didn't, but who have a very strange view of things that only the U.S. is causing trouble in the world. The U.S. causes plenty, but uh, there's certainly other uh, other forces, other empires out there, and, and one of them is. Uh, is Putin and, and Russia, and they've been incredibly brutal in Chechnya, and uh, of course in Syria, where they drowned uh, that uprising in blood, uh, starting in 2015. And uh, a lot of the left doesn't get that. I would say a majority, and it's uh, you know I don't, and we'll be criticizing some of the things that have been been said. I mean, right up in the run run up to this invasion, people were saying, oh, come on, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, they put the troops on the border. Biden's hysterical. Every day he's warning, he's saying, you know, uh, Russia's going to do this and that. It's all make-believe. It's just the gun manufacturers wanting to sell more guns. Well, that was proved to be false. Uh, Russia obviously did invade horrifically. So um, we're going to be talking about some of the things, some of the misconceptions that are being spread, um, the overemphasis on NATO expansion, which I think was a provocation, but certainly wasn't the main reason that Putin uh, uh, smashed into uh, Ukraine at this time. Um, and we'll, I'll, I'll give a three-minute history of uh, Ukraine and Russia I got a lot of maps, colorful uh, depictions of uh, all these different things, uh, criticizing Mr. Putin with his fanciful uh, history that uh, makes, uh, at least he believes that Ukrainians are really Russians, or they're all the same and that the Russians ought to rule them. Uh, I've been reading a bunch of Tim Snyder, Timothy Snyder, professor here at Yale, uh, who once gave a, an important lecture for promoting enduring peace, but he's he's a big expert on this region, and uh, you know he he refutes a lot of uh, Putin's uh, f- false history. So we'll get into that to a certain extent, and um, talk about uh, other aspects of things. Um, and we did. You mentioned we did have. We were part of the demonstration. Uh, socialist resurgence and uh, uh, the new young lords and other groups took part uh, on the 6th of this month in New Haven. And we had some banners, Solidarity with Ukraine. We're going to do another one this Friday. Uh, 
at 4.30 in New Haven, hoping to demonstrate when there's a lot of people around. And so that's going to be on the New Haven Green, going to be some kind of march and uh, rally combined. And uh, hopefully we'll get the... Our, our message across, I mean, a horror and solidarity with Ukraine, but also, you know, there, there's some kind of limits, we, we we believe. You know, we as much as we would like to, or some of us anyway, we can't believe in the no-fly zone. I mean, that, that means go to war with Russia directly. You know, that means smash up their air defenses, knock out their planes, uh, and most of what they're doing is not coming from planes anyway. It's coming from missiles. So what does that mean? Go right into Russia and bomb it? I mean, it's it's a step too far because Russia has nuclear weapons. And uh, as bad as what they're doing to um, Ukraine is, a nuclear war would uh, be the end of everything. So. You know, we have to be somewhat restrained or very restrained in what we're doing there. And we'll be getting that point across, too, in this uh, in this rally on Friday. Well, I'm going to be uh, looking to attend tonight's Zoom event because uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's something that's honestly, I think something like that should happen every week, every or every every however much possible because and this is something that I would actually like to do a whole at least one whole entire radio show on which is uh this ideology this you know there there is a a a term a, a pejorative term uh for folks who basically subscribe to the ideology that you're referring to Stan um individuals mm-hmm. organizations um the term tanky and mm-hmm. uh you know and, and I think that it's also very 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 important to note that as far as as far as I know, my understanding is that the term actually originates uh, in 1956 at a different time when when Russian tanks rolled into a different sovereign state uh, for a different purpose in a different context, but uh, tanks rolling in nonetheless. Um, can you talk a little bit about the origins of the term tanking of this ideology? Just just a little bit. Obviously, we're you know we got a, like six minutes left, but. Um, just just sure. say a word about or say a, a little bit about, you know, this ideology, a little bit more about this ideology and some of the history of, you know, what some people call like, you know, an ideology of alt imperialism, not anti-imperialism, but really kind of alt imperialism, like supporting imperialism when it's from certain folks, some cert- from certain states, you know, i.e. Russia mm-hmm. and China. Well, in 56, there was a rebellion in Hungary and it was successful. But then the Russians sent in the tanks and killed a whole bunch of people. And uh, that's where the Communist Party of the U.S. and other left groups, not many, but uh, mostly the CP, uh, supported it. And that's where the term came from. Another term uh, is campism, which sees the world as uh, basically two camps, the United States, Britain, France, and vassals and allies. That's one camp. And everybody else is the other camp, and the, the the U.S. camp is the baddies, and all these other people are, you know, just virtuous uh, countries, uh, which is weird. You know, Saddam Hussein's Iraq, and Milosevic's uh, Yugoslavia or Serbia, etc. Uh, so th- that's called campism or tankyism or something like that. 
that that is a real problem uh, with the left in uh, in recent years. But before, let, let me invite people to uh, come to this event in two hours, basically two hours. Uh, uh, you know, again, it, it'll be like a lecture, but it, but I'll be uh, having lots and lots of pictures, probably about 50, 60 pictures. And uh, I'll narrate the slideshow on Zoom. And to uh, to come to it, people just need to register. Go to uh, peps.org, our website, and uh, scroll down to the third frame, I guess you would call it. And there's a picture of me and the very bold, uh, talking about Ukraine, and they could uh, register and and come on, and then they could talk too. You know, put their put their points of view. After I do the slideshow, I'll have some time to talk and uh, you know get into it. Great, and uh, and how can our listeners learn more as well about promoting enduring peace and Millie's Crisis Committee? Okay, well, I'll say the website of promoting enduring peace again: peace.org. And we're involved with all kinds of things besides uh, peace issues, environmental issues, um, and um, and then for the Middle East Crisis Committee, uh, uh, thestrugglevideo.org is a place to start, The Struggle Video. And uh, we have, uh, I, I do the TV show for them. We've done... Uh, over 940 TV shows every week for years and years, and a lot on Ukraine in, in recent days or recent months. Um, but the struggle video is the place to uh, start. Great, um, yeah. Thank you, Stan, for for sharing that. And uh, we have just a, you know actually a, still a little bit a little bit of time. Is there a, a very quick final word that you wanna you wanna say on any of this? Um, one of the things that was done on the 6th that I was very happy about was they brought Syrians or actually a fellow who's married to a Syrian, um, uh, a singer uh, from uh, the area around Bridgeport, Dylan Connor. And he spoke about Syria. He's on the Syrian American Council. And uh, he said, look, the dress rehearsal for Ukraine was in Syria. And, you know, there was enormous bombing um, from 2015 to the current day. And one thing that's really weird is is while there's enormous sanctions on Russia for what they did in Ukraine, you would think that the people who are being bombed every day by Russian planes in Syria would get more aid. They would rush to them, you know, concrete so they could build houses so they wouldn't have to live in tents. I mean, they spent this whole winter again in tents, uh, thousands of people. So uh, I, you know, somehow I would hope the Biden administration would send supplies and building materials and so on uh, to Syria where Russians are pummeling these people. So that's, uh, we did have a speaker about Syria and there was a number of signs about that on the March 6th rally, and I hope that will happen again uh, on the uh, on this Friday. And I hope a lot of Syrians and Syrian Americans will will show up. And what's the 
what are the details again one more time for that rally? Friday, Friday 4.30, uh, the New Haven Green uh, rally in solidarity with the people of Ukraine.